Today is the Feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation. And so this is the Feast of God making himself known to people that don't know him. And I think that there's three kind of main figures that I want to look at. And I think these three figures, they represent different hearts or different types of people. And the three are the star, King Herod, and the Magi. First is the star. The star is the lead, basically the lead role of the, of the whole uh, gospel account. I don't know if you saw, was that like two weeks ago when the two planets aligned, right? I think it was Jupiter and Venus. And uh, there was this big, it was kind of like an astrological event in which uh, if you saw it, it was, it was really, it was really bright. But they say that the Christmas star was actually three planets that aligned. Uh, and so it would have been this extremely bright light within the sky. And what I noticed about the star, what its main job is, is it just leads people to Jesus. It's a guide. When, when they look at it, they know to follow it to get to Jesus. And there are certain people that are like this in the world. They're good, holy, virtuous people. You see them. You look at them and they just make you want to be better. And I pray, I pray that you at least have one of those in your life, if not more. So that one's easy. The second one is Herod. Herod, I mentioned him a little bit last week on the Feast of the Holy Family. He died shortly after the birth of Jesus. He was, you know, he was under Rome's authority, so he's essentially Rome's puppet. And above all, he's nuts. The man is crazy. And as I said last week, he is a wicked, wicked man. And what is he, what kind of person does he represent? He represents the person who's led by fear. He was so afraid of losing his power that as we know, he had an entire village of children slaughtered. Like, you sit back and you're like, who does that? But it gets worse. He killed his wife. His mother-in-law, his wife's grandmother, something tells me he didn't have a very good marriage. He also killed his brother-in-law, three of his sons, and get this, he had 2,000 bodyguards. You tell me this guy wasn't scared? He's a, oh yeah, big tough king, I can kill a whole village of children, but I have to have 2,000 bodyguards. This guy lived in a constant state of fear and it literally paralyzed him and caused him to do horrific evil to save his kingdom, his little kingdom. Now people are probably like, who's Herod in the congregation? (laughs) Herod is an attitude. It's a type of heart that lives by fear. And when we live by fear, not only do we not have joy... We have, like, angst inside of us. I'll give you an example of my own life. I I never dreamed, I can tell you, I never dreamed at 18 years old, if you would have told me, when you're 41, you're going to be standing on Sunday morning at 1045 at the pulpit of St. Joseph's Catholic Church as their pastor. I never would have dreamed that in my entire life. In fact, I think if they had like, you know those yearbooks, it's, you know, most likely, you know, like if it was most likely to not be a priest, I might have won that. I think I might even have won the one that was most likely to go to jail. 
Like I was the furthest thing from being a priest. But I had, I had, you know, I had my parents. They talked about the gospel. And then I had, you know, my priest chaplains. I had uh, Father Austin Vetter, who is now Bishop Austin Vetter. And I had Father Tom Richter, who's now Monsignor Tom Richter. They both moved up. I'm still just kind of level. I'm just a priest. But they, they, I was intrigued by the gospel and the way that it was presented to me by them. And then they took us on this trip to Rome. That was our senior pilgrimage. We went over to Rome. And we since, we still do that at St. Mary's High School. And I later on got to lead some of them, which was kind of cool. But when we were over there, I'm sure some of you remember Bishop Kenny, right? Bishop Kenny was our bishop prior to Bishop Zipfel, prior to Bishop Kagan. So Bishop Kenny had just left and went to St. Cloud, and he was over in Rome, and Bishop Zipfel had just been assigned as our bishop, and he was in Rome. They were both there for what's called their ad limina visit. An ad limina visit is every five years, the bishop goes and meets with the pope, and basically like tells the pope what's going on in the diocese. So we're there at the same time they're there. They have two invites. So they get to bring, they each get to bring a guest to meet the great John Paul II, who is now a saint. And they give their two invites to our group. And so I remember very clearly, we came out after this, we had a, a supper, and we're in this little piazza in Rome, and the two priests are like, we have really exciting news, two of you are going to meet John Paul II tomorrow. And I remember, they're like, we're going to put your names in a hat, we're going to pick it out, whoever those two are, we're going to say a prayer that the Holy Spirit makes sure that those two go to meet him. And so in my heart, I said, okay, Jesus, if you want me to be a priest, pick my name out of the hat. And then immediately I was like, no, 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 time out. Because <laughs> right? I, just, I just realized there were 33 people on the trip. That's a one in 33 chance. That's a pretty dang good chance that I could go. And so like I'm sitting there and now I'm just, I'm freaking out. And the first name picked out is this, it was this girl. And I was just like, I audibly said, thank God. <clears throat> and my buddy looks and he's like, what do you mean thank God? I'm like, well, thank God they get to go. Man, I would like to. Sure hope I get picked. And sure enough, the second name out of that hat was mine. And I remember I like kind of fell back onto this car hood. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're going. And I'm like, yeah. Woo. Because <laughs> internally, what should have been this moment of joy was a moment of terror. Because, I, I mean, I was a pagan, but I knew if you make a deal with God, you stick to it. And so I just, and why was it a moment of terror and not joy? Because I saw Christianity as less, not more. I saw it as something that took away from me, my kingdom, my good time. And so it was a constraint. And now, not only was I part of it, I was going to lead it. You know what? Just like Herod, fear got a hold of my heart. And I didn't enter the seminary then. I rationalized it. I said, you know, God, I said, if you want me to be a priest, not when you want me to be a priest. So I'll just get married, and when my wife dies, then I'll become a priest. And maybe some of you are like that not that you want your wife to die. Maybe some of you are like that heart. 
that gets stuck in fear because you know, you know that if you really let him in, your life is going, it has to change. You know it. And so, like Herod, you just silence the voice. You shut it up. Because you know if you let it in, it will take over. And not only that, if we live in this state of fear, not only do we not live lives of joy, we're, you guys, we are capable of horrific evil. Herod is in you, in me. I was talking to a family the other night, and we got talking about the Nazis, like, we were talking about America and fascism and socialism, and, you know, Nazi Germany. They said, well, at least we'll never... We'll never get like we were in World War II with the Nazis. It will never get that bad again. And I'm like, why not? Why, why, it wasn't like these were aliens from another planet that just like landed on planet Earth and wreaked havoc on humanity. They were human beings. You can argue, Adolf Hitler, I mean, what his initial desire was power, right? No doubt he wanted power. But at the end, when he caused all of the absolute misery and slaughter... It was because of fear. He was afraid that he was going to lose his power. Just like Herod. But we don't have to live there. In fact, we weren't called to live there. I mean, Jesus says, he says, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. That my joy might be in them and their joy might be complete. We don't need to live in fear. And last is the Magi. They're not Jewish. They're not Christian. They've never heard of Jesus. They've never read a page of the Bible. We know very little about them. All we know is that they were from the east. East where? East Fargo? East New York? It said they were from the far east. That means they were from Asia. You ever been to Asia? It's a really big continent. They could have been from anywhere. And we don't know how many of them there are. We don't know their names. Traditionally, we hold, right? It's Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. But we don't really, it's not written in the scriptures. We know nothing about them except one thing. When they heard about Jesus, they moved. As soon as they heard about him, as soon as they knew about him, they moved. They made a decision. And don't kid yourself. These, travel back in the day was not as easy as travel is now. They didn't hop a plane to Jerusalem, Bethlehem, whatever. They came through the deserts, robbers, bandits, no food, no, just to see the Christ child. Maybe that's your heart. You know why they moved? Because they were hungry. They knew there was more to this life and they wanted to find it. Maybe that's your heart. You know what, the, right when they encountered Jesus, you know what it says? They were filled with joy. Why? Because they had found God? No, they didn't know that Jesus was God. They just knew they had found the way to God. And when you get that, when you understand that, your heart is full of joy. Contrary to modern belief, Christianity is not about guilt. Christianity is about joy. And joy comes from knowing that my life is in the hands of a God who loves me. 
And fear, fear is a lifelong battle. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifelong battle. But I have noticed the closer I get to him, the less fear I have. Because I grow in faith. I know who he is and what he wants for me. What is the devil's only power? It's fear. That's why John says in his first letter, perfect love casts out fear. That's where God wants us to live. And when we live there, we live lives of joy. God wants us to know the same joy that the Magi experienced 2,000 years ago. And that joy is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an experience of having met the living God. The Feast of the Epiphany is all about letting us know that God wants to give us his life, his friendship, enable us to see life as it truly should be. And that above all, he loves us with a love that is stronger than death. That's what Jesus teaches us today. May we never be imprisoned to fear so that we may always live lives of joy.